Yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, I hate this movie. <laughs> Hello, Hello, and welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an eye. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure, I'm Karen. And I'm Yasmina. And today, we are talking about the movie Towelhead, released in 2007, written and directed by Alan Ball, based on the novel of the same name by Alicia Arian, about a 13-year-old girl who moves from her white mom's house to her Lebanese dad's house uh, and becomes the victim of pedophilia, essentially. I try to usually write all the plot descriptions, like, right up at the top of my notes before I watch the movie, based off of what Google can tell me. Um... And for some reason, I was like, maybe Google is underplaying the pedophilia aspect. Like, I didn't expect it to be the main thing throughout the whole movie. Honestly, though, was it the main thing or was everything horrible that could possibly be happening to a 13-year-old girl in this movie? That's also it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't find anything redeeming about any of the film. (laughs) Right off the bat. (laughs) Which brings us to my favorite segment, Is It Better Than Blue Burger? Jake, your favorite movie that we've watched so far in this podcast has been Hey, Hey, It's Esther Blue Burger. How does this movie measure up? Um, It's not as good as that movie. (laughs) Similar themes, though, if you think about it. That movie was about a 13-year-old girl. And so was this. And that was as far as it went. You know, at least the actress was 20. She was 18. Really? Yeah. I looked up when she was born. Uh, I oh, she was 20 up, when it came out. Yeah, she was 20 oh, when okay. it came out. I looked up in the IMDb trivia, and it was like, uh, apparently the actress turned 18, like, right before they started filming, which is why they were able to <laughs> get her naked thing. in so many scenes. Mm. Yeah. Which brings up the question (laughs) of legality versus morality sure just because it's legal to have an 18 year old girl pretend to be 13 and get naked on screen does that mean that she should have i'm gonna go with no (laughs) i support that answer yeah that is definitely a thing that is in way too many movies i feel like yeah like i don't think we needed to see any of that but then I come to the, I didn't do a lot of research on the actual, like, book it was based on. I'm not sure if it was, like, autobiographical at all. I feel like it might have been just, um, I looked up the writer, um, because coming to this as an Arab American, I was like, who wrote this? I know um, Samantha said to me that she was Egyptian, or, like, mentioned that she was Egyptian, yeah. and I was like, mm, don't believe it. <laughs> um, she is. She was born to an Egyptian father okay. and, um, I believe, a Polish mother, both uh, in, in the States, and lived in Syracuse, where uh, Jazeera lived at the beginning. So sure. I'm, like, wondering, you know, it's I didn't, like, dig into the writer's full life, but I was like, this seems like it may be based on that. And, um, or someone I, she knew, maybe. Maybe, yeah. but the the sort of uh, Arab father and and white American mother living in Syracuse seems right. like it might be, but uh, like I said, I did not dig any further than that. It makes me wonder what who Alan Ball is and like what he his, um he created Six Feet Under. 
Oh dear. Yeah, he's the six-year-older <laughs> guy. Um, he's also the actor who played the father. Um, I'm forgetting his name. They're um, they're partners. Oh. Yeah. Oh wait, which father? The Jazeera's father. Yeah, the Lebanese man. Oh really? Yeah. So I was looking him up to see if he was of Arab descent as well. Is and it Patrick like, something? McDesey or something? I can't remember his first name. Oh, but yeah. It was something yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I remember looking McDesey. at it thinking, that doesn't look very Lebanese to me. But Well, he so he's probably there. Lebanese Christian. So yeah. that's why he has like a Christian name. First yeah. name, yeah. yeah. His last name is, is definitely Arab. That's probably yeah. part of his attachment to the material then, I would assume. Yeah. I'm just wondering... I don't know where should we <laughs> where should we begin? <laughs> okay, it's um, a hard hard movie, but we've we've done hard movies here before. Um, previously unaware that they would be like Lillian's story, I would say. Oh my god! Which was we at watched least this... this based on the title. We knew it was gonna be fucked up. Yeah, but that was like we watched <laughs> this movie that was like mostly like like not triggering, I guess, for the first hour and a half. Sure. And then randomly, 90 <clears throat> minutes into the movie, there was a graphic extended rape scene. Oh, Ugh. goodness. Followed by, like, a suicide attempt scene. And we, and the guest that week was, like, a member of our improv team. <laughs> and we were just all in, in this studio just, like, And that was our well, fifth episode. <laughs> it was pretty. But, I mean, Tony has a history of interesting film. I, I want to talk to her agent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think she takes on a lot of really controversial, sure, um, difficult roles. I remember reading something about another actor who was like, "I'll only take roles that challenge me and take me out of my comfort zone, and uh, and are really difficult and controversial." And I feel like she might do a little bit of the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Mean, oh, no, you go. I I I just think it's time we stop pretending that acting is important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you insist, <laughs> I'll uh, return my degree. <laughs> but I think that um, with Tony, I think it's interesting. At least with this film, I was so glad that she was not a maniacal racist villain. Same. Oh yeah, because um, she was the best part about this she film. Was she really <laughs> redeemed the movie. And, and I can honestly, I could see her like reading only her scenes for sure. And being like, okay, because it's only the bulk of what she does in the movie only comes within the last half hour. Mm -hmm. And I think that a big, big part of my problem with this movie was that it was like, if you're if you're looking at it in terms of like the timeline, like 80 percent of this movie is just horrible. Yeah. And just horrible things happening to this girl. And then like 20 percent of it is like Tony Collette saves her. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, basically trauma porn. It's That's what I wrote mm-hmm. in my notes. I, and I would just, like, I also, I think the main takeaway, if we're going to already jump to, like, main takeaways, <laughs> is, like, I get why they wanted to tell a story like this, but they did not have to do it in such a way that was 90%, like, ag- aggression, aggressions, like... Yeah. on this character's mm-hmm. life like there's a way it was an it's an important conversation to have in that time period or like about that time period of the effect on like what a Les- lebanese american girls um w- a girl would be facing in the public school system during the iraq war blah 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 i get yeah well during why- the gulf war during the gulf war i think yeah. it took place well, in the it 90s was, no it was they're talking about bush yeah 
Oh, well, Google said Gulf War, so really? I think it's a Hotel Splendide situation. Are they talking about Bush 1? No, got... Bush 2 it was. Wasn't it it? I thought like it was Bush, Bush 1. And then I thought it was Bush 2 because um, uh, they showed a clip of him on t- television. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh. then I do believe it was Iraq because isn't that when they oh, killed Saddam, Saddam Hussein? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was Iraq. Yeah. So Google lied oh, right. to you again. Yeah. Google, yeah. I don't think Google did a very good job with this movie. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is other movie she was referring to as a film that described the two leads as uh, oh, yeah. brother and sister, and they actually were Yeah, she lovers. mentioned that one. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I think it was Bush 2 because, well, anyway, just like the fact that I, way, I, yeah. I understand why they would want to tell that story and it is an important story, but like I, the unnecessary layering of like pedophilia and like weird sex things and like either tell a coming of age story or tell a story about pedophilia. Pedophilia, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It doesn't have to go hand in hand. And also, maybe she's like a lesbian and that was not really carried mm-hmm. through. Of course, she's 13 only, so you know. Yeah, why was I so sure during this movie that she was going to be a lesbian? She was. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what, what, what they were alluding oh, right, to. Oh, right, because she's like the looking at the... At the, the yeah, she was, she was enjoying like it in a way that I suppose she didn't expect or understand. Sure. I think she even yeah. asked Tony at one stage, well, Tony's character, Melina. We've got um, Tony here. It's yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> you I do. just don't want to... Yeah, <laughs> but like I think she even asked her, is do women feel good looking at it or do they like to look right. at it? And she said, well, maybe if that's, you know, yeah. that's okay too. Yeah. It was kind of vague. It was kind of like, because cause Tony was talking about looking at those women and women feeling bad about themselves. It was, yeah, it was mm-hmm. like so vague. It was like, is she suggesting is she that she's a lesbian or mm-hmm. is she just suggesting that any sort of porn kind of well, makes her feel Well, I can kind of see why they did it in the way that they did. Coming from... A, a Lebanese background, B, I'm a lesbian, and C, it took me forever to work that out. Um, Like, I'm talking 18 when I was like, oh, women can like women. And I know that for a fact, even if I had expressed that at home, Mm -hmm. if I'd known what to express, because I didn't, and so maybe that's what they were trying to do, was allude to it because she didn't even really know what she was feeling. She didn't have the language. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know I didn't, and I didn't for a long time, and when I worked it out, it, it... felt like I was faking it almost like mm-hmm. oh maybe I'm just doing it because it's cool it's not <laughs> when you're 18 yeah I, yeah I definitely feel like them leaving it vague was not necessarily a fault mm-hmm. I think yeah. it was a choice but yeah. it was definitely and I liked vague. that <laughs> yeah I mean especially with Tony's character like not really just being like okay with everything I actually think it was kind of insane at a certain point they kind of mentioned how much Tony had been through with her in just like two days like she takes her in. She finds out about the neighbor. She finds out about her having sex with this boy. She finds out she has a dead cat in a bag. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was her father that was is up. not treating best her na- well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, being abused. It's like the best neighbor ever award. I mean, I guess there's a problem with, like, a little bit of a white savior thing going yes, on there, of course. I, that's what I was to. also wondering, like. What that was about. Um if- is it, does it count as white saviorism if you're saving somebody partially from a white person? Well, but then the, at the end they try to yeah. redeem him, beca- not redeem him, yeah. but he's the one who calls the, the ambulance for Tony. Like, oh, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, look, I, I didn't let her die even though she's the reason I went to jail. Okay, good for you. <laughs> also, he's not even in jail. Oh, I, yeah. Oh he was out on bail, which is I, really heartbreaking, but true to form. Um, yeah. I did really want to talk about the white savior thing. Um, what really felt to me like, a white save like that there was this white savior narrative was less about Tony and more about um her husband had he 
when it was revealed in the beginning that he had done a lot of work in Yemen, mm. at first it was like sick. So this is why like Tony is, uh, you know, because they're in, in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you know, this is why Tony is like a white woman is a lot more understanding and will allow like slurs against Jazeera in her home. Like, cool. There is like this this understanding. <sighs> Okay, we like haven't really talked about Ar- any of the Arab stuff, and we've like jumped to the end of it, but um, yeah, we always jump to the end. <laughs> yeah, just um, oh, it's complicated to put out all my words here. I think there was there's a little there is a lot of misogyny and bad stuff in Lebanese and other Arab cultures. Um, it is still very prevalent, and I don't want to erase any of that, but the film also made it feel like so aggressively that, like, because he was Lebanese, he was, you know, so, like, anti-sex and misogynistic oh, and stuff. Her father, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, and then when this white guy who happens to speak Arabic is, like, speaking to him in Arabic, you know, like, telling him to... Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what he actually said. He said, like, show respect in my house or you can leave. Yeah. And he was like, just, I'll tell the police about, about the, the marks, marks on her leg. Yeah, that kind yeah of thing. like that That kind of thing felt like, that's what felt very white savory to me. More than Tony. I think Tony came across more like she saw a girl, like, uh-huh. in, in a bad situation and was trying to help her. And then her husband is the one who made me feel like there's some some sort of blaming of culture that he's like sort of uh helping jazeera out of this bad cultural thing it's hard for me to totally articulate that it makes sense yeah the whole representation you said karen you're lebanese yeah as well. and uh, i would agree with a lot yeah. of that i don't want to interrupt you or cut no. you off though so if you've still got something to say go well ahead. i'll just wrap up my thought the thing is like it's I, th- I honestly think the representation of Arab people or Lebanese people in this film is not the worst part about this film. Sure. And the sort of negative stuff is very subtle um, compared especially to the anti-blackness in this film. That was like so hitting you on the head and we can talk about that. Uh, so it's sort of complicated to talk about it and and talk about what is, there are some of these issues for real in our culture, Karen and I's culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also there is so much uh, media about Arab, Middle Eastern, you know, people that only shows this stuff. And it's very frustrating for it to just be like um, playing into those like a given, like that's a. It's like it took yeah. all of the stereotypes and the bad things and concentrated it into one man. And while I do agree um, very much that, I mean, my own growing up in my own family, as in immediate and extended, mm-hmm. there are men like that. My dad would say things to me like, "If you bring a boy home, I'll shoot him." He didn't. He didn't mean shoot him for real, because, like, he was just you know saying that. But the reality of it is that he like. Growing up, my parents 
Both of them didn't talk to me about sex. Both mm -hmm. of them didn't talk to me about any of this. And yes, it was expected that the women would bring the men coffee and cake while they sat down and played backgammon. Yes. And there was abuse, but it felt like, and I said this to my partner, I was like, it almost feels like they've taken the most extreme stereotype of the Muslim man that's supposed to be bad and destroying America and concentrated him into just one Lebanese representation. And while I do agree that it definitely was not the worst part of the movie, um, I feel like it was important to show because she went from living like they're separated and that's really rare in the Lebanese mm -hmm. community. So um, she went from living with her pretty liberal, if not victim blaming mother <laughs> to living with her abusive father. And I have to say in the first scene, I was clenching my teeth saying, please don't let him also be a pedophile. And when he didn't, I was like, oh, thank God, thinking, <laughs> but he hit her across the face for, like, having right. pajama shorts on, yeah. you know? So like, it, ah, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it's it's a stereotype, and I think that the, the writer must have, I would love to read the book because she must have written it one way, and then this director came along and went, how can I make it look like big, looming, bad, scary man? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what it came across. But the pedophilia, yeah. that kind of took the focus off of a lot of things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree it was not the worst <laughs> aspect of the movie. It's, yeah, it's really weird because it's like there are two sort of prominent older men in Jasira's life. Mm -hmm. There's her father and then there's Aaron Eckhart. And they're both like very violent towards her mm -hmm. but the neighbor's violence is more like you know it, it it's presented under such nice lighting you mean the pedophile yeah like it's not not like oh, yeah not literally but the shots are like framed in a way that's almost romantic yep it's, it's I mean, he takes her out on date for, date for crying. And yeah. her relationship, like, I obviously. I almost screamed at work, sorry. Yeah, no, it's like a that. conditioning thing. It's like he's obviously grooming her. She yeah. she enjoys it. Like, she enjoys spending time with him. Mm -hmm. And it's just her character. I'm not, like, faulting her character at all, but it's just I don't know where they wanted to take the, the story with her or yeah. what her coming of age yeah. was going to be. Because I there was like her relationship with Thomas from school. There was her relationship with the neighbor, which is fucked up. And then there's her relationship with her parents. And I felt like all of this, especially, and it made a, in the final scene like the confrontation with all the main characters, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, what was their focus? Because the truth comes out in that scene after they're layering on all these other things. And I'm like, let give this girl a break. <laughs> like, what? What are? Yeah. What is she supposed to be learning from all this? through the plot it just felt like so much abuse so much torture on her with no real outcome yeah yeah i agree yeah i read an interview with alan ball where he says that uh um part of the reason why he portrayed the grooming as not like entirely unpleasant um was because he wanted to show like how it really is but also, course, but, but also, I feel like like he also in this interview said that at by the end of the movie she's stronger for it, which mm. is a very weird piece of rhetoric and not something that I think you should be walking into writing this movie having in mind. Like she's gonna get raped, but it's gonna make to her be better. Stronger because she's abused by her parents. Mm -hmm. Like pick one, yeah. and yeah. also. 
I actually would have to disagree. Sorry, Mr. Bull, but I don't <laughs> think you portrayed the pedophilia in any pleasant light because I was literally cringing and clenching my teeth and talking back to the television, which is one of my favorite things to do, <laughs> and and hating and like yelling and I'm like there's, it felt creepy and gross and that Mexican restaurant scene, I wanted Ugh. to vomit. And I'm like, yeah. what am I watching? Why is it? And then when they kissed, I that was when I was like, she better be, I can't believe it. That actress better be at least 21. <laughs> oh, I looked up her age like immediately yeah. Yeah. as soon as he came yeah. on screen. I very was like, soon, very soon into the movie. I was, I, I, I was concerned for the act because especially, I mean, now like in 2019, Everybody is aware that there is rampant sexual abuse in Hollywood. Sure. And I f- and to a certain extent it's like should the movie industry shut down movies about sexual violence until like we un- until we fix the problem <laughs> the of sexual violence is in cl- Hollywood? Finished, yeah. Because it's like how no, they're already making movies about it. Yeah, Where like about the about me too and what about yeah, how what the a, bombshell? What? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. God. I mean, this is about Fox News specifically, but that's a part of the entertainment yeah. industry. What about how already... like David Mamet is writing a play about Harvey Weinstein? Oh, yeah, like out of all happening. the out of all the fucking people, <laughs> let Sarah Roll do it. <sighs> Would anyone else do it? <laughs> Maybe not Harvey Weinstein. No, I just why do we need to? Yeah, I I guess this artistic expression, and that's a whole other conversation. It's like. Well, we know this is happening. I think it's about tastefully displaying stuff like that. We did not need to see mm-hmm. him touching her and yeah. the blood and all that horrible. It was it was, it was graphic. I, it was really purely graphic. graphic. No, it was uh, what's it called? Masturbatory, like gratuitous. It's mm-hmm. the sort of thing where it's like if I can see a like. If if I could see like a gif of this being posted to a BDSM blog, then don't put it in your fucking right. movie. It's because yeah. it's like people are gonna look at this in a different way. Oh yeah. yeah. The majority of people hopefully will be disgusted and appalled. But obviously the fact that this exists as media is fuel in a way. I mean, and not to be a censor, but it's like what is it important to show? Yeah. What is not? And we talked about this with the uh, the Dead Girl, the f- the film, which yeah. is directed by women, and it's about. Um, uh, women who are it's about a sex worker who gets murdered yeah. and it's told in five like stories all about people who had something to do with her and her life there's oh. like the like Tony Collette plays the woman who finds her body mm-hmm. and what happens after that and then there's a portion about her mom uh, there's a portion the about wife of the, uh, the, the, the wife of the killer, killer and yeah. throughout the movie there is almost no violence shown or um, the worst is yeah or sex only there, sex scene that's shown thankfully is like a consensual date night thing with she has complicated feelings about but it's like not and not even and not even is like the coroner who like right. who, who does her autopsy but i feel like in a way so you've got movies like do, does anyone here remember the movie kids that that i was i haven't seen kids but i was thinking about kids what yeah it's it's, it? it's it's like a movie i think it follows like 24 hours in the day it was rosario it, dawson's it, first movie uh, right and and chloe Sevigny yes. and and, cool. and a couple of other people yeah, and it follows all these teenage kids doing the most abhorrent stuff that you could think your teenage child would be out doing um including you know a guy who just sleeps with all the virgins sometimes against their will sometimes because they think they want it and you know drugs and sex and but that movie to me as as graphic and oh my god and is that what kids really do in america (laughs) as that was it almost 
it, it, rede- it redeemed itself in that it had the rap and the consequences. I don't know what consequences we were getting out of this. There was no right. closure on what he happened. He gets out on bail. Yeah, he gets yeah, out on bail. Then he's really the, the white care, saviour yeah. making the phone call so Tony Collette doesn't die and lose her baby. Then there's no real – then the father is like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, yeah. you've just beaten the shit out of your child, like, continuously, and now you're proud yeah. of her. Right. What about her? Where, where are we seeing her trauma counselling, her anything? And there's, that's what I think was, the, you know, was it no, was like bondage porn in a way. Yeah, because there was no, like, um, resolution to yeah. her own trauma that she had. Yeah. It, yeah, that felt wrong and bad. Yeah, also, I feel like I understand how abusers find people who are already feeling isolated or people who they can isolate so in a way her her having like absent at best abusive at worst parents kind of in real life would be the reason why the neighbor targeted her sure because she because she's vulnerable and because she doesn't have like a parent who she can talk to but in in terms of like storytelling I mean, this is something that you've already touched on, Jake. I don't know if we needed the dad to be so abusive. No. The mom was already terrible. The mom was yeah. already God, horrible. I've never seen. It was horrible. Okay, so the movie opens yeah. on um, on Jasira getting her, like, bikini line shaved by her mother's boyfriend. And Great way, way to, start to open a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, so and then, I watched it after you guys were all like briefly saying, "Oh my god, this movie!" In, in the, the Facebook, in the group Facebook chat. group, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then the first scene happened, and I was like, "Oh please, stop. <laughs> I'm not finishing this." My first, my first note says, "Inciting incident makes me want to kill myself." Yeah. Because mm-hmm. when the mom finds out, she puts Jasira on a plane and says, "Like you can't be tempting men like this. I'm Ugh. sending you away to live she with your like, father." Just so. so you know, it's your fault and i was like i can't already with this film it's like there was not already. a line of dialogue in the first half hour that was fun to hear it premiered at toronto film festival um in 2008 i guess or Ooh. 7 2007 yeah this yeah. movie when you google it kind of has like alternate release dates 2007 2008 ish well, i wonder if that's a legality issue well, toronto, was she 18 or was she might- older I think it might oh, be like a foreign distribution. Well, Toronto yeah, was it might have been like a like festival. The late fall, right? And then it might have come out in 2008. Yeah. Because uh, it was probably not received very well. It could be a couple <laughs> things. Um, s- speaking from film distribution again, uh, sometimes on IMDb, the year listed is sort of the production year, mm-hmm. not necessarily the release year. It could be when it started, uh, when it like premiered at festivals, and then it could be when it opened in yeah. theaters. I feel like most distribution companies you know, want to attach it to the theatrical release year, but um, these databases sort of, uh, especially IMDb, since um, almost anyone can edit it, sometimes the information is not 100% correct. (laughs) When the, um, originally, also it premiered at Toronto, I think, with a different title called... It was called, like, The Things We Don't Tell People or something. Or, like, Nothing is Private. Yeah. Nothing is Private. Which Which is a far better title. I agree. Far better. And there's all these interviews with... (laughs) There's all these interviews with Alan Ball where he's like, Nothing is Private was a shitty title. Obviously, we had to make the title a slur. And there were there were, there were people being like, "Did you have any hesitation about making the title a slur?" And he just responds, "Well, I'm gay." Oh, okay, and 
That's Does that mean I can go around calling people the N-word because I'm gay? No. I just yeah. find it so bizarre that he thinks it's okay. That And also Towelhead was maybe – it was used a collective amount of times, but it was almost – Secondary to everything it else was that was not happening. Yeah. Factor in the plot. Yeah. She didn't even, like, that was not even her identity. Like, Mm-mm. yeah. That's why I was kind of saying, like, the sort of uh, anti Arab stuff is, like, not the worst part of the film because the worst part is, like, like rape and pedophilia. Sure. And, like, um, what was the original title you said? Nothing, nothing is, is private. private. Yeah. That makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. says where, that like, to her at one point. Yeah. yeah. Where, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like, her heritage is part of all of this and complicates all of this but yeah i thought it was going to be mostly about i like read almost nothing about it before i watched it honestly i was like it's a slur it's already i know it's going to be rough yeah. Um, yeah so yeah i don't know it was such a bad and the context of, of her like race and her family was also kind of secondary to the plot in a way where it was more of like a uh, background kind of layer like the neighbors hesitance about who they were and like the flag and the American mm-hmm. stuff but all of that was in the background too the- well I think that 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 the race may have been a really good um, uh, like indicator of her naivety because sure. she uh, honestly if you grow up in that culture, I mean, most I, because they were separated, divorced Sorry. to the point where they didn't even he didn't even seem to have any custody of her before she was flown out to live with him. Mm-hmm. That sure. that's a little bit of anomaly because it makes me think that in that situation, you wouldn't get a father that ridiculously strict and you know abiding by this serious moral code that he doesn't even keep. Although yeah, I was gonna say yeah, <laughs> but um, but the fact is that it may account for her naivete because. She's got this mother who's separated from her Lebanese father, but she lived with him for six years, which means Jazeera must have been very young, maybe Mm -hmm. five or six when they separated. Um, And so she's always been kept in this childlike state. So maybe that that part of the plot tied into why it was the race thing was so important was like, you know, she's 13, but oh my goodness, 13-year-old New York non-Lebanese girl is very different to 13-year-old Syracuse. I'm talking New York City, Syracuse, um, 13-year-old with a Lebanese father, you don't have the same experience right. growing up. Yeah. yeah. It almost seemed like as soon as she got to Texas, the movie wanted her to have already spent like most of her life there because mm. it's, cause it's very much like, I kind of almost feel like, I don't know how the book goes, but, mm-hmm. um, she seems so entrenched in her Texas. Like, she starts talking with a southern accent, like, halfway through the movie. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, like, I don't actually know if I have a very good point. I just, <laughs> I just, it's without, I just stop without, like, sort of the context that, like, you and I have it very much feels like the race aspect, the ethnicity aspect is there to just like be abusive. Yeah. Add mm-hmm. another layer of yeah. it. Yeah. But also which is when racist we were talking, <clears throat> which is racist in itself, but you, you were talking too about how the dad is like almost a caricature. Like they roll up all the worst stuff and then they make him. It could have been 
they could have made a character that was a more conservative Lebanese father that was still damaging, but so much more realistic. Mm. And yeah. it still could have been a, like a restrictive, difficult part of her life that she like has maybe like some sexual repression um, kind of stuff like uh, parents. She can't talk to about this stuff without him being so abusive because yeah. a lot of it um, from what I've seen. So I, I my mother is from Lebanon. My dad's from Syria, um, but I grew up in the States without um a community an Arab or Lebanese or Syrian community so I'm talking like my family is definitely not um, uh, it's uh, not a representative group of the whole um, but from what I've seen like there's a lot of conservativeness without outright abuse in the community. Ooh, there's, um, there's, <laughs> I'm going to have to beg to differ there. Yeah, I realized as I said that I was wrong. But, like, but, but, I, I don't know. They could have done it. It could have, it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be any of this. But they could have made it so much better without it being, like, he almost felt like a Borat character. Possibly. And also I think it was. his accent didn't make any sense. But to that's me. his real accent. I know. He's but Lebanese. <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, the actor's Lebanese. But he yeah. also speaks French, and I think that's probably what plays mm. in it. Yeah. Um, I think that instead of being a caricature, he also is unrealistic because he, he couldn't decide if he was liberal and nice. And, like, so there were times when he was liberal and nice, and there were times when he was extreme and abusive. And if he was if he was a true character of a Lebanese man, he would not have gone, period, supply shopping with her. He would have left it to someone else or told her to work it out or no, made I it, was you know, surprised it was that very, he was in that yeah. scene. the whole, it doesn't make sense. Cause it's kind of like make him a caricature, but also we don't really know how to do that. So he's still going to be kind of this dad that's like kind of nice, but an, a real asshole. And then he turns into liberal and leaves her alone while he goes off on a date. But actually, if it was really that he'd have like somebody like he wouldn't be, it, it was, it was very, um, yeah. Undecided. It felt very like like he served whatever purpose Alan Ball needed at the time. Yeah, that's like, a good that's a good summary. Script. I think if it was something like, well, we need some reason for Jazeera to be alone so that like Aaron Eckhart can come over. Mm-hmm. Let's have her dad go liberal all of a sudden and be out on dates and leaving her by herself. But that then it's like so strange. Like, wouldn't she be so afraid to have? anyone over ever yeah i was afraid of I her know. dad like, and then of it's course like she would be. and then it's like when we need to like have jazeera feeling like isolated and alone and basically desperate for any kind of niceness then we're going to have her dad abuse her so that erin eckhart can come in as like the savior the savior the parental figure the yeah. something she's missing yeah the affection <laughs> But I think whatever that's, it was. I think that's what I was I was trying I was sort of thinking is mm-hmm. what you were saying was just that it was so undecided. Mm. It felt um, weird. It was like, well, what are you, a villain or a good guy? Yeah. Also at the end when he's like, I would never blame you. Why do you think that I would blame you? It's like maybe because you, you blame her for everything. Hit me. And mm. he blamed her for the cat he ran over. Oh my god! Because yeah. she's the one who knocked on the neighbor's door. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Gets out. I'm also tired of I'm tired of cats getting killed in media. It's <laughs> so hard for me. I'm watching something with my cat, 
and they don't know it's coming. And it's just like <laughs> not fair. I hope she's okay. Or oh, he's okay. Your cat. Yeah. Or they. They're they're both fine. I have two cats, okay. and they're both fine. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. But anyway, should we talk about um, the boyfriend character? Mm. So, a lot of problematic stuff there too. Yeah. Which boyfriend? Oh God. Oh, uh, <laughs> Thomas. 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 Okay. So she starts <laughs> uh, dating this um, black guy who goes to school with her, and to be also just real quick, they they skipped a lot of steps with them. He like says yeah. hi to her once, and then all of a sudden she's at his house for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the next scene together. Yeah. So, so Thomas. So Thomas. Um, very interesting character. We are introduced to Thomas when he calls Jasira a slur. Um, he calls her sand inward, and then shows up later and is like, "I'm sorry, I called you that." Oh, name he earlier. called her that. Yeah. Which is just. Which is just. I thought that so I misheard much. him say, "You shouldn't let them call you stuff like." No, that. I no, no, I I saw it. I. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When they were walking out of the classroom after right. they read her grandma's letter, and ev- and everybody like has their own slurs. slur to call right. her. So they he called her that and then gaslit her into coming the, to Christmas. To, <laughs> yeah. Into everything basically. He shows up. He's like, um, okay. Thomas was so weird this entire movie because he never reacted to anything. He just kind of sits there and. It's just and like it's like we should have sex. <laughs> yeah, just just I, totally straight faced, just like we should have sex. I think and, like in a different movie, his character would be like a normal high school boy who just wants to have sex all the time. But yeah. the fact that he accidentally stumbles into a very problematic situation with this girl who <laughs> mm-hmm. he has no idea about. Her dad is racist against black people. She's being assaulted by her neighbor and he just wants to have sex with her in her neighbor's house, her other neighbor's house. I don't think he's a good person, but I just think it's kind of insane. That I, I think his reactions I, are like, normal. I think we kind of were conditioned as an audience to to distrust not everyone trust him because everyone else sucks so much. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really is that much of a bad person. He just had no idea what the fuck to do. He's 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 supposed to be thirteen, right? Even though he looked about eighteen. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and he's just a thirteen-year-old same... boy who wanted right. I mean, his parents seem awfully okay with all this too like they leave them alone okay the parents straight up leave them in the living (laughs) room on christmas and are like we're gonna go have sex now (laughs) yeah he's like wine makes them horny (laughs) (laughs) haha it's it's so weird you know i feel like he was probably a couple years older yeah he looked at least 16 at least i don't know because she's in eighth grade and they're in the same french class so maybe it's is there something in this country where you can have different grades in the same class I think that it might it might be like a 6th through 12th grade but even so maybe he was kept back there we go that's it (laughs) considering (laughs) his uh, Um, I don't know maybe he's just tall yeah Or maybe uh, he's just an, an actor who is appropriate age opposite her and she's the young oh one because she was cast that way <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true either way he was something else yeah yeah so he like i don't i i i i just hate the subplot so much because yeah. he um they're they're on like a, a nice like christmas date at his house and then when her dad comes to pick her up he's like you can't see that boy anymore because he's black and it'll bring so shame out of left upon field. the family 
Because of course her dad's racist because he's such an asshole. Yeah. Actually, I've got to say that that's something, sadly, that a lot of um, Lebanese men in general, in the Middle East anyway, Mm -hmm. if if you marry somebody white, you're going to be talked about. If you marry somebody who's, uh, if you're Christian and you marry a Muslim, uh -uh. Mm. if he's black, definitely not. You know, there's a lot of anti everything. Anti Muslim if you're Christian, anti Christian if you're Muslim, anti black, anti this, anti white person, anti Chinese. Like, you can't win. And and really, it comes down to just marry a nice Lebanese boy. I mean, I figured it wasn't out of, like, Mm. it it came out of something, but it's unfortunate that that, I don't know, it just felt like it's another another layer layer of of this, this, like, as a (laughs) storytelling thing, it's like, let's just pile on as many antagonistic qualities as we can. In every character. Right. In every (laughs) character. It wasn't just him. What's his face? The 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 rapey neighbor also said the same thing. The neighbor tells her that she's a slut for dating a black guy. Yeah, oh, Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that at the at the uh, at the restaurant. And mm-hmm. she probably thinks that's normal because her dad called her mother a slut as well sure. when oh she God. was walking out of the um thing, and he the called her a shatmuta. And it's like that was the only part that made me feel like he was Lebanese. The right? Rest did not <laughs> exactly. He called her a bad name in yeah. Arabic. I'm like, that's true to form. Okay, I like laughed during that. I was like. Okay, now he feels like a Lebanese yeah. character. The but, rest didn't feel like it. To yeah, me. but it's it's like. But yeah, but it's everybody was racist in that movie in some way. Well, it was yeah. it was Texas. Oh yeah, that's true. In the in but the no. height of the Bush era, so mm. I yeah. feel like that mm. was part of the contextual background. But that doesn't mean everybody. And that's why I like Tony's character because it's like you also rarely see. I mean, my family's from Tennessee, and so you know the hillbilly accent. Usually the default someone is dumb voice is like a southern accent. And mm-hmm. of course there are you know, that's true to some capacity. A lot of people are not educated and vote for Trump who live in the South. But uh like Tony Collette having a southern accent and not being an asshole is like, Oh, that's interesting representation <laughs> for this movie. That's not expected. Yeah. I'm just impressed she was able to do a southern accent so oh well. Oh, that like, was her buck voice. You didn't sound Australian at all. <laughs> She is queen of accents. She's really good. Mm. She has a different accent in like every movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Aussies do it best, honestly. We do. <laughs> Are you Australian too? Yeah, you can't tell. Oh, I didn't. I, I don't know your accent. You you're talking with a southern accent right now. <laughs> <laughs> I should break out into one. Yeah. No, I mean it's just the fact that like she's able to fully have a different, like completely different nationality in every single role and like sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, not completely. I mean, yeah. mostly British American and Australian, but hey, it's three different places. Yeah, uh, yeah and it I, is hard to carry carry an accent that's not yours for a long time, so. Yeah, I yeah. knew that you were Australian when you said that you had seen Cussy. <laughs> oh, wait, what else have you seen that she's done? Um, I've seen Little Miss Sunshine, of course. That's one yes. of my favorites, mostly because of... And Muriel's Wedding. Right? Yeah, Muriel's Wedding, definitely. Yeah. Her out, her breakout movie. Um, Cussy, um, Connie and Carla, which I think was also Australian. Yeah. Or at least she was Australian in it, maybe. Um, Sixth Sense, and I think I saw one episode of the United States of Tara, mm. but um, apart from this one, and if there are any more, I can't remember, um, because I there are times I've seen movies and then I'm like, oh, I have seen this. So. Right. Well, that's more than most of our guests. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Tony. well she's an Australian. I had of to. Of course. Yeah. No, it's exciting because I, I feel like she must be a little bit more. At least known of who she is. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody knows Muriel's wedding because sure. it was one of 
at the time, one of the better Australian movies that was coming out. Sure. Usually they were like, <laughs> they <laughs> got better. Because <laughs> she, she in the in the states at least, I feel like she mostly is like a like a household name without being one. Like everyone's seen her in something, but they don't realize it's her until they realize like she's done this X Y Z thing, mm-hmm. and so. That's true. It's kind of a fun part of our podcast. And she well. seems a pretty indie. Like, when I say indie, so like independent films is what I mean by indie. Um, yeah. And, you know, she seems like the kind of actress whose movie is going to make it into those small artsy theatres uh, and they're in there only and you can't go and see it at your local AMC. Um, of course, there are some exceptions, but right. that's what I love about her, actually. She does all of it, though. I mean, she's in yeah. stuff like this. She's in, um, you know, you've heard of The Black Balloon. It's no, an Australian I film. Well, it's very indie, and like you were saying, and mm-hmm. there's also like <clears throat> The Sixth Sense and Little Miss Sunshine, and mm-hmm. just now Knives Out. She's in. Yeah, which I'm dying to yeah. see. Yeah, it's really yeah. Good. her yeah, newer it's... movies are a little. They're indie, but big indie. But yeah. you never know there too, are... because we've reached the late 2000s decade at this point, and she'll like be on a hot streak of like Hollywood blockbusters, and then all of a sudden be in like this or. Yeah. Yeah. something random in Australia, or, and it's very it's very fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the bigger movies she's been in are not Hollywood; they're still indie. That's true as well. They just took off. Yeah, there's way. definitely levels to indie. Is something <laughs> I've learned working sure. in it. Like anything that comes out of A24 is mm-hmm. indie, but it's so much bigger. And it's commercial. Then yeah, so much more commercial so than anything. So what would you say is? So out. you think it's changing that way? So it's like, do you feel like that kind of movie is? king right now in a way or is there like a level to blockbuster where it's like people are still i mean an indie film can still be a blockbuster it's just not it's not hollywood because hollywood is in is usually indicates it's a studio sure film um studio films as opposed to indie films seem yeah at least from my like plebeian perspective (laughs) like taking over a little bit more especially with like, I feel like that. but I don't yeah. know because I feel like Oscars in, in that or like the Oscars have usually gravitated more towards indies mm-hmm. in a certain way in the past I don't know yeah there's also a lot of stuff that doesn't feel indie like I hate to bring him up but everything that came out of the Weinstein company sure. is an indie but they were really huge film. it's an independent company that's oh. not part of the studio system India huh. is such like a misnomer. It's also in in music. It's of also course, a misnomer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just means like not produced in, within Major the label. studio system. Yeah. But then there's like three but or there's... four of those, and then it's like everything else is yeah. technically indie. But it's yeah. like everyone's listening to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, sorry we've gone yeah. off on. A... Oh no! Listen, we go off, especially <laughs> with a movie like this. I feel yeah. like it's okay to take breaks. <laughs> there have been movies that only about like twenty minutes. Of the episode, yeah. Um, it's well. Whenever we have someone we went to school with on, we just talk shit about people for like forty <laughs> minutes and cut out oh twenty God. of it. And then... So now that we've talked shit about Marymount without for... even having people on the show who went to Marymount, <laughs> I kind of wanted to go back to the the race anti blackness. Yeah, stuff. and I wanted to ask why. Yes, they're in Texas, but it was like such a focus of the movie. Yeah, there was yeah. was there any real reason for it because the father could have been like I don't want you to see this boy anymore because I don't want you to have a relationship because he's already very yeah. controlling in that sense why which would have made why did they perfect make sense yeah it would have made so much I yeah and the fact that 
the the fact that the only people who really have a problem with the fact that he's black are her two abusers that's never yeah. like addressed there's never any moment where it's like well these two people both like and when they're at um tony's house at the end and, and her dad's girlfriend finds out <clears throat> that her boyfriend is racist for the first time oh my god she's like what that's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, shut up, Athena. Like, get out. No one wants you here. Yeah, and then <clears throat> when when her like white friend teaches her what racism is at okay. the sleepover, Denise is the best character in the movie. <laughs> There's a moment where her friend comes over for a sleepover, and um, she's like complaining to her about the Thomas situation. She's like, I can't see him anymore because he's black, and my dad said no. And now Thomas is mad at me for, like, obeying my father's orders. And Denise is like, well, if you do what a racist tells you to do, that makes you racist. And Jazeera just, like, has this look on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> it's like, but I love how quickly he forgave her when she suggested they have sex. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a little bit of a sellout, my friend. At yeah. least he said the girl has to come first. Oh, my God. Which was also really weird (laughs) and unrealistic. Uh, So weird, so unrealistic. Like, if you're, like, also, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that he's the person who said, I'll forgive you if you have sex with me. Yeah. Oh, possibly. Yeah, you might be right. I may have misheard that. So if you're. I have a condom. (laughs) Perfect. So so if you're in a space. Well. No, it does make sense because there's plenty of like male feminists who like preach on Twitter about women coming first and then go ahead and like rape people. But like, I. Well, she already came first with that at Christmas when she just orgasmed. Oh my god! From second base, and he's yeah. like, "What did it happen?" And she's like, "Really I impressed orgasm. by how easily she can orgasm." Oh my god, she rubs her just legs by together rubbing for five her thighs together. Yeah. I also am impressed that someone who's like. <laughs> Has like parents trying to like tamp down her sexuality right. so much knows the word orgasm. Oh my god! When she said she, it I, out loud, I was, I was like, "Cause I don't think that a porno magazine would say orgasm." No, no. She must either have heard it from friends or she was I don't know. So matter of fact about it, I was yeah. like, what? "She was matter of fact a lot of, about a lot of stuff in that mm-hmm. movie." Like Which surprised yeah. me so much. I didn't really like the way she played her character. Not that she had to be like like a weeping victim the whole time but I was like I don't think she was okay so if if this character sorry a big pun if this director wanted the caricature of an abusive man he didn't give him a scared enough daughter she wasn't scared enough I would have been shaking like a leaf if somebody even somebody I wanted to undress for said strip for me in my father's house I think they were in their father's house at the time and she's just like okay and you're like I said out loud, I hope your father walks in right now because right. I wanted him to be caught. And well, like, not to mention yeah. the you fact know. that this creepy abuser would do that in... Yeah, someone's a, house. In the yeah. house of a very scary man who does not get, he does not get along with. Yeah. It boggles <laughs> the mind, honestly. Now that, also, the more lied, we discuss it, the more I'm like, what is no this sense. movie? What? He lied also about being deployed in the morning, right? Yes, because yes. oh then he's out there at like 8 in the morning while they're waiting for the bus. Oh, bye. It's like... Yeah, he was supposed to leave at 4 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And the registration on her face was... Like, I wanted... I, I mean, I don't know why I wanted this, but at this point in the movie, I just wanted to see his um, wife's reaction to him getting arrested. Yeah, where... Because she was What happened to his well. wife? She, like, disappeared halfway through the they film. They show her at one point at the very end, like... Knitting or something Bef- in the yeah, corner. Yeah, quietly <laughs> in the corner. 
I guess the way that she reacted to her son mm. is probably just a suburban wife in denial. Yeah. She yeah. knew what was going on. Of course. Um, and she was just in denial. So probably when, when he got arrested. we. But that's the I thing. The movie wrapped up nothing. That. It yeah. was like no consequences, no reactions, no anything. I felt like what was the point of all of this if not to glorify it really did. It read like one of those, you know, those, um, I can't remember the name of the, those really bad porn movies, like snuff porn, but not oh, quite snuff yeah. porn. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. This uh, movie felt like Joker. <laughs> just, just like tension forever. And just like, oh, why am I having to see this? And then at the end, it's just like, and that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's nothing. That last scene in the hospital so when Tony's having the baby. Irrelevant. First of all, the fact, yeah. First of all, completely irrelevant. I don't know why yeah. they were like, it ends with new life as if it's like a re- some sort of rebirth. And I'm like, but, but nothing. I was been like, solved. that's not a theme that's been present in the movie. No. Welcome and then to also, this world yeah. <laughs> of this movie. Let me bring a daughter into the most horrible, abusive cul-de-sac ever. They never, <laughs> they never even address like the fact that she's there's like one moment where the 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 girlfriend is like, when are you due? And she's like, oh, in about two seconds or. Yeah, is she is the reason she she's pregnant just for an excuse for her to be maternal to Jazeera? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like it's kind of this like archetype of the free thinking pregnant woman walking around like giving you food in her house. Oh yeah, like very European. <laughs> it was very strange. But also the fact <clears throat> that Jazeera's father wouldn't come in um, while uh, Tony was in labor, even though his daughter was asking her to. You would have thought one small nugget of a sort of resolution we could have gotten is seeing her father growing. Seeing her father realize that... By the end of this movie, he's complete... Well, I guess maybe, like, you could interpret it as growing towards, like, allowing somebody their privacy. Because he says, Mm. I'm not watching her have a baby. That's her business. When he just spent the entire movie saying nothing is private, nothing is private. But also that doesn't mean anything. He already invaded her toilet for a tampon, a condom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but... she asks him to stay. She she asks him to stay. That's the thing is, like, privacy is largely a consent thing. Yeah, it doesn't trap Yeah, but I think, sorry to bring it back to having grown up with these absolute caricatures that is exactly the response a man in that era who's um like the age he was supposed to be portrayed to be in 2007 would roughly have been the same age as a lot of the men I grew up knowing Mm -hmm. and they didn't even show up for their own wife's birth and so if I said to my dad, oh, no, mum can't be in the hospital and I'm having a baby, he'd be, he'd be like, oh, no, dad, um, yeah, maybe just ask one of your sisters or maybe, you know, your husband or I don't have a husband, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he would find any excuse not to be there and it is totally what, – what I think he was saying with the words it's a privacy issue was more like – we don't do that in my culture. That's the woman's job. And that's yeah. what I think they were portraying I guess badly. They put that in with when she asked, when she there at Jasira's birth mm-hmm. in that scene. And she, he's like, yeah, but that was different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So essentially, by the end of this movie, Jasira's dad has not grown at all, no. is what we're supposed to take from Except that. Except he's scene. kind yeah. of nicer. In that he, 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 he hugs her and tells her she did well. And we're supposed to think, oh, there's hope. <laughs> yeah. As if the whole, like, if Alan Ball's whole point with the Aaron Eckhart storyline is that there are moments of abusers behaving kindly towards 
the people they abuse, then why should we take it as a sign of growth when the dad is nice to her at the end? Like this whole movie has been portraying the cycle of abuse as like honeymoon period, then tension, then blow up, then like... with every I, other character. Yeah, so how are we supposed to trust by the end of the movie that Jasira's dad has grown? Well, he probably hasn't. Are we supposed yeah. to? Yeah, no, and it's I like, agree. are we supposed to think but we that had, he's we grown? But we had the opportunity like, for a nugget for, to show growth. And I don't know like if it, you know even. what, I, I wonder if it doesn't show growth and it's more reality. Maybe he's being deeper than we're giving him credit for, um, talking about the director. Um, because the cycle of abuse, like, you know, when you see domestic abuse, the wife leaves. She makes a confession to the police. Then he comes back. She recants her statement out of fear mostly, goes back because she believes he can change, and the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats, and then she either ends up dead or leaving him. That's Or, you know, just staying in a very abusive relationship. But there's not really an in-between. And so maybe what he was doing, we'll give him a little nugget of redemption, is saying... Look at how nice he can be, but you know that in the background there's still the opportunity to still be exactly how he was. Yeah. Did we need to see I it I may have dug film? a bit too deep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, yeah. did in we need case, to see anything in that film? No. <laughs> yeah, in that case, it's like if we're not showing how to move forward, then, like, why does this movie exist other than to be like, yeah, the world sucks and that's it. Has anyone ever read the book A Thousand Splendid Sons? I have read no. The Kite Runner. Okay. Do <laughs> not read A Thousand Splendid Sons if you hated this movie okay. because that book is exactly the same. She goes through so much and at the end you want to hurl the book across the room and say, I just read about a woman suffering and nothing got better nothing ever. Ever. Right. Ever. Yeah. It just never got better. So why did it? It's a true story. Mm-hmm. But also, oh my God. Nothing good happens to that woman, ever, at all, ever. And it's the same as this movie. I remember drawing the parallel to kids and to this book because I'm like, at least kids had a message. This one doesn't. This book and this movie are the exact same thing, just a different story. But abuse and suffering and a Middle Eastern country, I can't remember, which Afghanistan, Afghanistan, sorry, not Middle Eastern, but East Asian. And it's like, what? This is where, where I wonder if, if some of this comes from the the writer's story a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the, sure, the yeah. thing about real life is that it's messy and it doesn't yeah. resolve. Yeah. And it, it it's sometimes it doesn't make for the best stories and entertainment. Sure. I do think Alan went in crazy-ass directions <laughs> with how he portrayed it on screen. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of... Some of, like, the stuff that we don't understand with, like, the plot, just the actual plot, I think, I have a feeling in my gut that it's based on real-life events. Yeah, and are we so used to a happy ending that we needed one? No. And when we didn't get one, we were like, well, this movie sucks. I also, like, don't think it needed a happy ending, but, like, nothing was learned. Yeah. Nobody grew, like... It that it it ends Didn't really in, make a point. It ends in the middle. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like there's more, more of this of later. No. Yeah, <laughs> no hell no. I, be like, I think I know what you're goodbye, saying. Goodbye, like, If it was a memoir originally, which I don't think it was because it didn't say that, but I uh, don't because it would have said was. based on the true story probably. But I don't think the book was either. So exactly. So I'm like, if the book has a payoff, maybe maybe not. But if the movie, like if it's a memoir and it's someone's true story. It doesn't need to have a happy end or even a resolution of sorts to be an account. I mean, it would be helpful if you can structure one from your experiences yeah. just for 
us people who read like expect a kind of arc. Mm -hmm. This yeah. movie did not have that. It did not have a fictional story should have a payoff probably yeah. because that's yeah. why it's a story. Yeah. It's not just a collection of traumatic things. Mm -hmm. Like the climax is them finding out about the neighbor, but then there isn't really even a pay even yes, okay, he gets out of bail. Fuck, that's terrible, but then there's still no payoff there. Yeah. He just she just gives him the dead cat back. Yeah. So I'm wondering like this really did not have any it's so frustrating yeah there's no i wish this movie didn't exist there's I no reason really for it like i wish this exist. novel didn't exist it's a novel not a real story either. yeah it's a yeah. novel and so yeah. the novel i hope has some kind of better ending than a baby being born i read that uh alan ball said that one of the challenges of adapting the book to the screen was that so much of the book is internal and so much of it is just her internal monologue mm -hmm. whereas this movie we kind of never really know what she's thinking no. i think it could have been a, a much stronger story if we did know more oh yeah yeah i mean no 100%. narration please but maybe some uh i do hate voiceover <laughs> narration uh there are other ways to do there's, it now. yeah like there's that when like, when he takes her out on that she barely even reacts to yeah. things so. yeah she's very wooden she was when, used as like a prop when he takes her out on that date and she's like i'm your girlfriend i was like Ex what <laughs> i was like i had no idea that you like I, I i couldn't read what her take on the situation at hand was at any point yeah no. also it was not really ever shot from her point of view either like, like yeah. there was no like she was in every scene, but she wasn't like the focus. That's like, very true. It it could have been way more. I don't this. I don't know why this is my point of, point of view movie reference. But like Black Swan, that <laughs> you know what I mean. That movie's fully from one character's point of view. It didn't have to yeah. be filmed in like a psychedelic, weird, like Hitchcockian way. But like you can make a movie more intimate. The development of yeah. her and Thomas's relationship was also very strange to me because she starts out just using him for tampons and razors, and then by the end when she's like, "I like having sex with you," I was like, "You you do no, because you, don't. you like I mean I don't know if she liked having sex with him as much as she just loved the affection, attention, sure. some yeah. kind of physical contact that wasn't in her mind abusive because she's probably a quite like I can see where abuse becomes a blurred line for the person who's a victim um, because it's almost like well but he's doing all these paying me all this attention and saying I'm beautiful and then wait he did this thing that hurt me but was it really bad was it my fault did I turn him on did I do the wrong thing and so she's got this blurred line already and then Thomas comes along and he's gentle and doing it with her consent and asking her all the right questions yeah. in her mind because yeah. she read about rape mm -hmm. <clears throat> in that book they're definitely like I can definitely uh, personally connect to the idea of like thinking that I have found love because a guy like respected me when I did not consent to sex mm -hmm. where I'm like oh my god that he stopped when I said stop he must really care about me which is not true yeah. uh, or just like having someone be affectionate towards you and just like yeah fall into that very easily I can it's, yeah, it, I can relate to that yeah I think this is a, an area where like knowing a little bit more about how she's actually feeling on the inside would have been sort of helpful oh yeah because right now i'm i'm 100 percent just yeah. projecting mm -hmm. yeah 
Also, yeah, but I think movie, we kind of all are anyway. Yeah. yeah. A movie about called originally called Nothing Is Private. Have her write in a diary, and then he finds her diary. Wow. I know it's not original, but like that would have helped us like get to know her better. Yeah. yeah. I kept on like having all these like ideas for things that could have changed the script that sure. maybe wouldn't have been original, Let's but also would it. but also would not have been outright <laughs> offensive. Mm-hmm. Like I could like I could have dealt with the dad being like kind of stuffy but generally okay i yeah just because it would have been like a spark of hope in an otherwise hopeless situation because tony collette does not do anything until like 20 minutes from the end she doesn't have a lot of screen time everything she does is good but it's not like she pops in like in uh, at, at like 40 minutes to say hey maybe don't talk to the creepy neighbor and then dips for a she little while goes, you're not my mom gives her a key <laughs> 10 minutes later and then the last 20 minutes are like fairly tony heavy but it's like it it's just not proportionate that, that was also another relationship like almost every person jazeera talks to in this film where it like jumped a hundred steps in their yeah. relationship building oh, yeah. they stopped by once to get the badminton birdies back and then suddenly our best friends. Yeah, like yeah. a Tony feels so affectionate towards her, and or like uh, you know, not affectionate in an inappropriate way. <laughs> That's Just maybe very, a bad like, word for this film, yeah. but protective of her. And Jazeera feels comfortable yeah. with this stranger. I mean, she there was like a small spark when when um, when Tony stands up to her when um, what's his name the little bratty boy calls her a towel head in front oh, of her. Yeah. There's a little spark where she's like, okay. This lady's kind of chill. Like, yeah, this is this is cool. But that's it. Like, they didn't develop. It wasn't like there was no like building of relationship or friendship. We're supposed to assume a lot of stuff yeah. happens off screen in this movie. That yeah, that's I think the jump. To watch Which is what, like what we saw. Out of all yeah. the things to put on screen and then leave off screen, it's like Alan Ball was like, okay, everything terrifying, leave it in. Mm-hmm. And I guess we don't have any room for anything else. Yeah. Yikes. Also, how how I feel like it would have been a better story payoff on the other end if we didn't go full in-depth with her, which he clearly didn't want to do, mm-hmm. have us find out about Aaron Eckhart being abusive later. Don't show it. Or something like that. I don't know. Like, do we need to see that? Do we need to see it romanticized? Like, when he says strip for me, why are we watching why we her have to see strip? It? Why do we have to watch her boyfriend shave her? Like the, the one saving grace was of, that they didn't show the actual rape scene, sure. except in a flash in her memory. Sure. Yeah. Thank God, but they so, showed the, all the pre stuff. Uh, oh God, should we move on to awards? Let's move on to awards. <laughs> oh, okay, so thank you. We have to give the film awards. On the Tony Awards, we deliver three awards to each movie. First of which is best prop. So, Karen, what was your best prop? Honestly. This is so lame, but it just speaks to the movie. It was the book that Tony Collette gave to that her. That was mine. Yeah. That <laughs> except, was it. Except I did kind of wish it had been the Karen Keeping of You, an American <laughs> Girl book that oh, everybody yeah. got when they were like 12. But how cute that she gave her a Christmas present. I know. It, it was sweet, yeah. and it was very appropriate, Apparently and it may have been helpful to get her to start thinking. I wondered, yeah. though, did they... Have, I for, I didn't notice if they had a scene at all before that with her implying she didn't know a lot about sex or was Tony like, I think I'm going to get my neighbor a book about sex. I think the whole movie implies <laughs> yeah. she doesn't know anything about sex. Yeah. I think it's because her husband saw her getting out of Aaron Eckhart's car right. at like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, that was before that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
good. What about you? Who's your best? Prop? I mean, I think that is hands down the actual best prop. Because um, <laughs> I was just like running through it in my head, and everything else is just a sign of bad stuff. But there was no point that I could figure out about the dead cat. Right. I don't like that the cat died. Don't get me wrong. But it was so bizarre and out of left field um, that I kind of love it. Oh no! I mean, as a prop a fr- in a frozen bag and the and the and when she gives it to him at the end, so weird. Fuck that she's even talking to him. But she's got on her like this actress puts on like a little bit of a baby voice for the character, and she's like, "I just want to give you back your dead frozen cat." I was like, what the fuck is happening? I love that. So that's my yeah sort of ridiculous best prop. Was yours the book? Yeah. Mine is Denise. um, (laughs) I mean. The white girlfriend. uh, Namely, what she already said about teaching her about racism. And she also didn't even ask her to be friends. She just showed up. She's like, let's have a sleepover. And then the best line she says is, I used to think that purple was my favorite color, but now I don't like it as much. (laughs) And that was the one shining line in this film. Yeah. <laughs> She's very similar uh, to the slug from Hey, Hey, It's Esther Blueberg. Oh, slug. That's a good movie. Have you seen that? It's no, Australian. but I, I want to now. It's my favorite. It's very good. There are some great Australian <laughs> movies out there. I um, think it's on um, Amazon Prime. Yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. I've got that. Okay. Yeah. Um, next award is Best Tony Moment. Jake, what was yours? Um, Since you guys mentioned it i'm gonna go with giving her the book when she comes over the day after christmas i think and tony's husband wants her to take down the tree when she's eight months pregnant by herself um no but anyway yeah her giving her a present i like cried yeah that's a good one i like that but my favorite moment has to be only because i was enraged when she knocked on the door to stop what was happening from happening between aaron eckhart and um, Jazeera um, it was that whole like and I'm like yes so that was the that was a superhero moment for me sure yes I guess in a in a sort of similar vein um, when Tony for the first time stands up for Jazeera and and asks and says don't use that slur in my house mm-hmm. because that was the first moment where I was like there is some sort of hope in this film right. maybe mm-hmm. there's like someone who does not suck mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so that for me was my my favorite yeah my favorite moment uh was when jazeera after having escaped her father was eating dinner with tony and her husband and when her dad started knocking on the door tony just looked at her and very casually said go hide yeah. <laughs> Keep uh, it calm. and now we go on to custom awards which is an award that's anything we want so yes we know what was yours Oh, God. I was thinking about this earlier today, and all I could come with, up with is, like, the worst movie I've seen in at least this year, if not a number <laughs> of years. And let me tell you, some bad stuff has crossed uh, my plate. Um, what are some other bad movies that yeah. you've seen? This? Give us a top five. Um, can you comment publicly on that? <laughs> probably not. It's mostly, uh, it's, like... This is, like, the worst, like, actual content-wise. There's a lot of stuff that are just, like, very poorly made films. This is the worst one plot-wise I've seen in a long time. And I'm bummed uh, that it's one of the few representations of a Lebanese person in American films. Sucks. That sucks. Sucks hardcore. It's this and Janet's from Mean Girls. 
Yes. Oh my god. Who I was desperately hoping would be a lesbian. Oh my god. (laughs) So close. Yeah. So close. Oh well. Yeah. Essentially. So how about that? The worst representation of a lesbian in American (laughs) films. Good. (laughs) Yes. What about you, Jake? Um, I'm gonna go with the 2000s actor career question mark award to Aaron Eckhart, who I've only seen in this and a year later, The Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> how do you go from being in this and The Dark Knight I and then essentially disappearing? <laughs> what a God. career. I know, I'm like so God. confused. Your mom is going to text you after this and be like, Aaron Eckhart is a series regular on Chicago Fire. I know, right? Probably, I don't know. He's What's 100%. He He's 100% on one of those procedurals. Is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, Karen? Uh, for me, this movie wins the movie I wish I could go back in time for and pay the director not to make. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. My award um, is best gift to give to a pregnant woman is the sparkling cider that <laughs> uh, the dad's girlfriend oh gives God. to Tony. Tony's face. Like, <laughs> She's like, what, what the, the fuck? I love Athena. Athena, yeah. She like I didn't hate her, but like what what a caricature to pair up with the other character. <laughs> right. Honest to God, okay, the scene where Jazeera walks into the kitchen and her and her dad are just like tonguing. Yeah. <laughs> and the and and the and Jazeera just like sits down like by the counter, and the girlfriend continues like kissing his neck and mm-hmm. being like. So what grade are you in school, darling? Like, what are you doing? I was just actually relieved whenever she was on screen because he acted nicer. It meant that he wasn't going to hit her yet. And then she just, like, leans forward and she's like, you should be a model. model. And the dad goes, no. (laughs) I'm there. No. (laughs) I feel like she was, like, a caricature of a stepmom. A caricature of a really evil stepmom, but, like, a ditzy. Shallow one. Yeah. Yeah. Shallow one. They were all shallow. God. I would love to make a character morality graph for this <laughs> Tony's at the top. Way below her is Thomas. And then, like... Wait, wait like what Thomas, about the white savior husband? Thomas is true neutral. I know, but I'm just saying, he's probably, like, the second least fucked up, and he's still fucked up character. Yeah. 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 Okay, we haven't even talked about the second-to-last scene of the movie. After Thomas has found out about Jazeera getting sexually assaulted oh. by her neighbor, right. he just oh goes... So that's why you didn't bleed when we fucked. Yeah. That, that was, was my, my blood. My blood. My blood. Ew. Uh, I'm like, I, I was like gonna throw my. I was like, excuse me. I don't me. think we can have sex anymore after what what he did to you. <laughs> and then it's like, but and it's so real too. And it just, I know. So I know. And it just made me remember that horrible scene where Aaron Eckhart first sexually assaults her, and then does the most cartoonish, like, sees her blood on his fingers and like <laughs> shrieks and is like. <laughs> <laughs> and like runs out of the room screaming and crying. And then uh, Chris like, Nolan you saw that and was like, "Oh my god, Dark Knight!" Excuse me. Right and now. then, and then when he's talking to her later, he's like, "I never would have done that if I knew you were a virgin." It's like you didn't think that the thirteen-year-old neighbor oh. was a virgin. But also, like you're still a pedophile, dude. Like, yeah, like, even like, if somebody else is like already like done something to like, her yeah a 13 like, year old can have sex with like other 13 year olds yeah. like that is not but illegal. it's like but it's like he he 
definitely figured that she was a virgin, pretended not to know. And like yeah. when he sees the blood, he's he's faking. He like it's okay he's pretending she to says, be horrified so that she'll older. think, oh, what a good guy. He didn't mean to do that. Oh, it's boy. so well, yeah. like part of the grooming. It's <laughs> it's so and for and 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 fuck Thomas for making me remember that five minutes from the end right. of this movie. No. And then the birth. And then, uh. and then the birth. And then, okay. the and then of all the worst things, we have to watch a gross baby being born. <laughs> I don't want to see I mean, that either. That was one of the better parts of the movie. <laughs> I know. I was. Like, I was like, they're gonna show the whole thing because I'm, that's what this it's gonna be like the Miracle of Life video where they plant the camera between her legs. I know. I watched oh that gosh. in seventh grade. The things I make you watch in this country at school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I remember when my class had to watch Miracle of Life. Um, we had a substitute teacher that day, and it was a guy who was like maybe like 24. Um, oh, and what he, a fun day for him! I know, and he and he, <laughs> and, he, and, he and, and he was just like, uh, so you guys have to watch Miracle of Life, and put in the video, and turned around and said, and I'm sorry, and then sat <laughs> down at the teacher's desk, and then during the the birth scene. This kid, Paulson, just went up and stood right in front of the TV, like with his nose, like touching, wow. like the screen. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, Was it his birth? <laughs> <laughs> what was if it was, though? I was like, I, I, I was like, yeah, Thank you. Where's that poor baby now? <laughs> I was like, Thank you for blocking this hideous image, but also, <laughs> what why? Are you doing? I, I used to say, like, It was like Fawn Snape. In front of it, like arms stretched. No, no, okay. but oh, he was. Uh, he, <laughs> oh my god! Like, okay. if we want to talk about misogyny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, right. Ready? So, uh, do any of you have anything to plug? To plug? Yeah. Um, so, especially since we're talking about representation of Arab characters in media, um, I work for the Arab Film and Media Institute, uh, which is based in San Francisco and has an annual Arab film festival in the Bay Area, um, as well as screenings throughout the year. Um, I run the blog. I'm the blog editor. So please check us out. Go to screenings. Go to the festival. Read the blog. Donate um, and help us bring more Arab films to the states and support Arab filmmakers and Arab actors and like actual good representation of Arab um, and and uh, yeah uh, people. I um, also work for Oscilloscope Laboratories, which is an independent film distribution company. We really try to put out films that are a lot more thoughtful. <laughs> um, so check us out as well. Um, awesome. Yeah. Great. Cool. Uh, so we've reached the end of our podcast. <laughs> Bye.